without further ado, let's get into the damn questions. Are you recording? Get your chip. All right, that's it. Oh, this stuff is real. Let me tell you something. Welcome to the Average Addicts Podcast, the least boring way to discuss one of the most important topics, in my opinion, that being addiction, recovery, sobriety, not in that order. I am your host, Chris Knight. <laughs> That's a rap chord. <laughs> Whoa. We're going to break out a full R&B song on this. This podcast. All right. What, what do you want to talk about? Life of an Eddie. <laughs> so what? You want to give everything from the dealer's perspective, right? That's yeah. what we're talking about. All right. Ask me some questions. Ask me whatever. You know, free ball it. I freestyle this whole thing. You're live on this camera. Oh, right, am I? Oh yeah. Cool. Well, hold on. I don't want my hat on. Then I need a haircut. Time out. Yeah. Put me on like that. All right. We need Tad to be still. Nah. So when we start. Hey, when we start, yeah, I'll just say my thing, introduce right. you, you could do your thing, and then I'll tell everybody how your fucking car got stolen. <laughs> 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 it's got to be mentioned. Hey, could you turn me up just a little bit in my headphones? Perfect. Welcome back to the Average Addicts Podcast. My name is still Chris Knight, and in the studio with me today, we have none other than Miss Motherfucking Money. What up, bro, bro? Now, what you guys don't know and you have no reason to know, <laughs> <laughs> Miss Money... <laughs> She's late today. Why are you late today, Miss Money? Well, it's called the car got feet and left. <laughs> <laughs> so in layman's terms, that means her car got stolen. <laughs> Waiting on her, I get a phone call. Or I, what, a, a message on Facebook, is that what it was? Yeah. I look at it and it says, and I quote, my car has been stolen. <laughs> and it, it's one of those things that's too fucking crazy to be a lie. Like, there's no way that could be a lie. Of all the lies you could tell, I don't know why you picked that one. I didn't even want to tell you that, man. So what are we doing today, Miss Money? Miss Money's here to talk about, what, addiction from the dealer's perspective, yeah? Right, right. So what we're doing is we're having a conversation. I'm going to give things from the addict's perspective, and she's going to give things from the former dealer's perspective, and we're going to see if we can't meet in the middle somewhere. Right. So with that said, take it away. Okay. Your perspective on things. My perspective. So being on the dealer side of the addiction, it's, it's just an addiction. You become addicted to... The people needing you, the people wanting you, you become addicted to the lifestyle that, you know, endure with it. Mm. Um, you become addicted to being busy. Everything is an addiction. The money. You get a little bit of power with it. It's it's all an addiction within an addiction. And to me, you know, people look at it as, oh, if it's not a drug, you can't be addicted to it. You can be addicted to anything that causes you to repeatedly do it. And you need help to stop knowing that it could cause consequences, whether good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's all a matter, so like, matter of pleasure-seeking, no matter which way it go. goes, right? So the drugs, um, uh, with the dopamine in your brain, et cetera, it changes the, the chemical composition in your brain, right? Right, right? So the things that you would ordinarily do, you no longer do because the drug has taken place of that, right? right? So this is a lifestyle change we're talking about. Right, you it, know, it becomes so a whole lifestyle change. I, I could definitely see where you're coming from with that, and I say that for this reason. Because a lot of times, like when I was stuck in, in my addiction, right, the pursuit of the drug was almost more 
exciting and when you get it more fulfilling than actually doing the drug than actually doing it exactly drug. Right, yeah right. so i could see and I, I talked about this the other day actually decently in depth on the uh it was the daily wrap-up where i was saying mm -hmm. you get addicted to you know being needed right. you know addicted to chasing money around and so on and so forth it's like right. a it's like a chess game it's, a dr it's, it's like an adrenaline rush too it's like uh it's like you know some people's addicted to video games yeah you playing a real life video game yeah because that you every can't day, afford to lose. right? Every day you gotta find something new. Every day you gotta find you gotta find another way to maneuver, and you gotta you gotta maneuver better than the way you did yesterday. Exactly. Yeah, you know I'm saying, and then you gotta accomplish more than you did five minutes ago. So it's like you get addicted. You get addicted to that drive. Yeah. You know. So I see it from this this side, and not only that, you become acquainted with the people involved in the other side of the addiction, the use. Some of them really just confide in you. You know what I'm saying? Outside of that, outside of what you got from them. See, that brings me into my next question. Before I say that, what you just described, Average Addicts, what does that sound like? Does that not sound exactly like what I was saying uh, on the, the previous podcast that you're going to hear before you hear this one about the pursuit of everything? That becomes more addictive than anything, but the right. resourcefulness of an addict to wake up with absolutely nothing, right. you know, and have to jump around all day. That's what I mean right. by the pursuit of it. Right. And then when you finally get it, it's like, all right, I did it. You, you did know, it. I accomplished something. Right. You know, and for the most part, at least um, from most addicts' perspective, if you haven't accomplished anything in, really in life, then you only get that feeling of fulfillment. Right. You know, so that temporary feeling, that in itself becomes addictive. Right. You know, so I could definitely see from the, the dealer's perspective. You know what I mean? If, not you, but I'm saying in general, if, if you haven't done anything in life necessarily, you know what right. I mean? Like, this is that thing, like, I accomplished this. I had this, I got rid of this, and I bought that. Everything has its pros and its cons. Exactly. You know, I know some people on the addict side are using. They use and they could clean their house better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They use and they have a better day at work. It doesn't matter. That's their addiction. That's their coffee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a matter of perspective as right. far as uh, mindset. Because right. it's easy to fall into that mindset of, I need this to do this. It's like it. music. Right. Like, I stopped doing music because I always attributed music to substances. Right. Because I always did both. So, so it you got substituted to a point, it. It got to a point where I felt like I couldn't do music without the substance. Right. You see what I mean? So it's just mindset. Yes, you can go clean your house. You know what I mean? Without smoking hard or whatever. But you feel like you do it 10 times you better. You rationalize, yeah. You rationalize. You get in your head, yeah, I could do it, but I could do it better. Right. And it's not true. You know what I mean? Necessarily. You know, and if it is, the consequence from that is nowhere near worth getting your house clean. Right. You know what I mean? So but it's, people it's don't see that when, when they see addiction. Exactly. You don't really see the consequences. And sometimes, even with the consequences, you don't understand them because in your mind, you're doing what's right. Even if the world sees it as wrong, in your mind, you've accomplished something. Yeah. So how can you tell me that this is wrong? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this leads when to When it brings so much positivity with a little bit of negativity. Like when the pros is outweighing the, that maybe that one con, it's hard to make somebody understand why it's wrong. But this all kind of segues into um, my question. You and I had a conversation the other day, right. and you were saying that once you're in that line of work for so long, right. then the addicts, your, your customers... Um, or your family. Exactly. It's, it's bigger I than, wanted you to elaborate on that. It's bigger than um, an addict. You know, you start to learn uh, personalities and traits of people. These people become your family. It, it's, it's just deeper than giving the person a drug you know these are some people 
they might need you later in, in life. Like, oh, I need this. They become borrowers. You become lenders. But you become a, a shoulder, an ear to them. Yeah. And you start to learn these people like you learn your siblings. If you get you you deal with these people every day, yeah. every day, in and out, in and out. They got your back. Some of them grow to have your back, and they're like family. Yeah. You don't want to see them hurt. You don't want to see like they're just you. You build a love relationship with them, friendship. Some of these people, like you know, they're they're people. They're human. So I don't call them addicts. I call them people. I call them aunts. I call them aunts. You know what I'm saying? They got names. I don't call them addicts. To me, that's just a label. Yeah. That's a real humane way to look at it. And I already know I'm going to get asked this question. Right. I already know this question is going to come up the second we put this out. Somebody's going to ask how you rationalize selling a substance to somebody that you love, even though you know it's not going to end well. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I know definitely that's going to I'm going I'm sure. to keep it 100 on that topic. I got family that use favorite family members and at first you know when i got in the game i'm like man i ain't giving that shit to my aunt i ain't giving that shit to my uncle but i also know they gonna go get it regardless and the way they might go get it it may not be safe Mm. because i'm on a dealer side and i know what dealers do to people that are vulnerable you know Mm. they they, they might kill they'll kill the user for forty dollars Get out on them, beat them up. So you got to wait at them and be like, is it better to give them what they want? Where I know I ain't going to beat them up, where I know they ain't about to get robbed, or go put them in a pond and hopefully they come back. So it's a, it's a form of protection, essentially, right. is how that gets rationalized. So I, I have a, a friend of mine who's in, he's in prison right now, right. and I know that he had stopped selling for the longest time. And then he was telling me that a bunch of people showed up to his house trying to buy X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. He didn't have it. And I think it was like, what, two or three out of five went mm-hmm. OD'd within that week. And that's why he picked that back up again. You know, so it, it's an interesting way to look at things. And a lot of people because don't get the opportunity. The they don't day, get the platform. Like, a person that's using, they're not going to stop until they want to stop. They're not going to stop because you ain't going to give it to them. They're going to go get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With those people that are family, like I say, I might have handed it to them, but I tell them, like, man, why don't you go get clean? I encourage them. Yeah. Leave it alone. See, I talk bad to them. So that's a realistic way. To piss way. them off. Yeah. Like, you, you doing this, that's because you doing this, da 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 and they fucking hate it. Oh, but you 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 giving it to me. Yeah, because you're going to go get it somewhere else. Oh, I've got into it with family members that use. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But guess what? They clean now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I was part of putting foot in their ass along with other family members. You know what I say? You got to play good cop, bad cop. You got to play good dealer, bad dealer. There's an underlying reality to it. And that's what I always try to explain to people. That there's multiple sides to every story, right? Right. But there is a very human reality to it. Right. You know, what you just said, people are going to use regardless. They're going to get it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I get into these conversations all the time. And I always see, like, posts on Facebook and shit like that. Kill your neighborhood drug dealer and, and all that sort of For stuff. For what? But my thing is, and the reason I wanted to do this you is might the reason well I'm doing what I do. Yeah, the you reason, might as well kill everybody. Kill the pharmacy. Give, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This whole idea was to give a platform to people to explain things on all sides. You know what I mean? Right. That's really why I want to do a lot of this. You know, and mm-hmm. that's why I said the, the four main things that I wanted to do. If you're on drugs, I want to help you get off. If you haven't right. done them, I want to keep you away from them. If you're selling them, I want to try to convince you to get out of there. Right. You know what I mean? If you're thinking about selling it, not do it. Right. And right. not a lot of times do people get the platform to come on with this sort of honesty. Right. You know, and explain that side. And, and I know some people are going to listen to this and say, well, he just, you know, they're, they're, they're doing whatever. You know what I mean? They're hearing out the drug, whatever the case is. No, you th- got to hear it from all, all sides. Exactly. There's a reality to certain things, and the reality is I don't people understand. aren't going to stop when you want them to. It's like saying, I don't understand why people hunt animals. You feel me? I don't. I don't know what that I don't. Means. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Why, I kill, a, why I kill an animal? We yeah. need them. Not just to eat them, we need them. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just basically saying like everybody had their own thing that they do and their own way of saying it's right or wrong, whether it's something so little or sim- simple yeah. to something so huge. Yeah. You get what and I that's mean? that's the thing. People look outside looking in, right? And it's so simple to judge everybody. Right. They going to you know, judge. It's simple they to label. Judge. Yeah. Well, you're the drug dealer. You are ultimately bad, right? But then right. when you explain it from that point of view, right, it's not... A justification, right? It, it's yeah. it, it's literally just explaining a certain reality in the streets. It's this just it's reality. On. Yeah, it's there's shit real. out there killing you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not everyone's going to stop, no matter how much uh, I think you and I can agree. We want them to. To so, each his own, because every dealer's not like every dealer. Yeah, I you know what I'm saying. Each dealer is different. Each dealer, some dealers have a purpose. Some dealers encourage people to really get clean. And guess what? Sometimes the addict will only listen to the dealer. Yeah, that's true. I can attest to that 100%. Real shit. Especially when you've built that relationship. I've been there. I can testify for five people that I know that in my days I've encountered with, and they got clean. Yeah. And they, some of them come to me all the time. Uh, I, it was because of you. Some of them went back to school. Some of them then, you know, got back right with their kids, their marriages. Everything. So you actively encourage the exactly. user to stop. So that's the bite yourself in the ass. I part. talk shit to him. Yeah. yeah and, and you know, I've had other dealers a couple years ago tell me, you're backwards. No, I'm real. So at the end of the day, I mean, if, if we all help each other, it could change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I look at things differently. Yeah. In my days of dealing, in my days of dealing, I remember I had, um, start getting like a slight bit of conscious because I stepped out, I was young. I didn't have a conscious about the shit. And when I started getting close to people, I start wondering like, damn, this motherfucker's a cool ass motherfucker. You wonder how they got there. I wonder how they got there. Yeah. Like I didn't met people that did software for fucking computers, built the software, making multi-millions. I didn't met people that own businesses, multi-millions. Millionaires. I met doctors, dentists that lost their businesses to this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I start being curious. I'm like, well, why? Like, you're still smart. You're cool as fuck. So I start going around interviewing them on camera. But I asked them before I did it. I asked them to tell me their first time, how it happened. And I I probably got like a good 10 people that really gave me an in-depth story. like, And let me know, like, um, one day my friend said, try this and... I fell in love with that first hat, and I always wanted to chase that first hat, but I never got that first hat again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, I just start wondering, when you get close to these people, I'm like, wait, 
Man, you smart as hell. Yeah. What is what made you do? Why are you like this? You get curious and you build relationships with these people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, these forget, is my friends. I'm not even I'm not beings. even looking at it now on some I want your money. Yeah. You my friend. I'm wondering why can't you get right? Yeah. Cause to me all I see is this little ass piece of drug and you putting it in your pipe. And I'm just like, why can't you you know what I mean? Like yeah. so I, I definitely start asking people and everybody's story was different. Definitely. Everybody's story was no one's story was the same. Yeah, exactly. I've met tons of people that could run Fortune 500 companies if they wanted to. You know, yeah. we, we were just talking about that. Uh, what do you identify as? You know what I mean? That's not a, a question posed here, you know, but uh, just as an overview, you know, what do you identify as? And a lot of people identify as that one thing. So I always tell I do, people it's important to realize you could change. I do ask, like, if we could change, the first drug that I would try to change against is heroin. Absolutely. And I, I say this because I have a testimony on it. Like, I want to say 2012, I didn't really know nothing about heroin. But where I come from, the shit was dropped into my lap. Bring the money back. Mm. I didn't know what the fuck to do with it. But the community where I'm from, that's how we learn to get money. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. took it, went out on a limb, learned it. I go to jail one time for not drugs, a, f- a fucking uh, domestic with my girlfriend. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's all these heroin addicts in the cell, and they're fucking spitting up. It stinks. And I'm like, damn, why everybody got the flu? They're like, no, we're <laughs> they're like we're sick. And I'm like, what do you mean you're sick? Yeah. You what you got? I don't want to get that shit. Yeah, you know I mean. <laughs> Can't catch and I'm this young. Type of shit. I'm young. Yeah. I, they're like, no, we're. How, we're, how old are you? I think I was like spit? I was like 22. 22. How old are you now? I'm 31. Okay, so, it's me so they're like, we're dope sick. Didn't understand that. I sold the shit, but I didn't understand what that meant. And it was crazy because I felt like God put me there for a reason. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You know me. I don't do religion, but yeah. I believe in God and hell. So when they said I'm dope sick, I thought about this one time a lady came to me who I was dealing with and said, I'm sick. I don't have no money. Could I get a bag? And I was like, I didn't know she meant dope sick. I'm thinking she's saying she's sick. I'm you like, well, if you sick, go take some fucking medicine. And go to bed. What the hell you want to get half for? She yeah. was like, I didn't understand what she was saying to me. And then I went to jail and they're like, no, nah, we're dope sick. And it was like something went off on my head. And I started thinking about that lady that told me she was sick. Mm. And I started seeing what they was going through, right? I didn't quite understand it, but I got it. I get upstairs to the pot. My cellmate was a pregnant heroin addict. Beautiful young lady. She was like 20. Mm. She was weaning, she was pregnant, so they had to give her um, some type of opium so the baby wouldn't die. Yeah. When I seen that shit. I think it's methadone, right? Is that what they, that's no, what they with, When I seen her every morning spitting up this orange shit and she stunk, I started to realize what dope sick meant. It was like, of all the times I've been in jail, I never recognized this. I didn't have a conscience. Mm-hmm. In that period, I had a little, a young gal here. He used to roll with me real heavy. And he liked the heroin. He had a rich little crowd of friends. He was like 16. Mm-hmm. I would never let him use it when he was with me, even though I had the shit. Because I'm like, you too young. You and all your rich ass friends, that's what y'all want to do. I was like, man, go get some girls. Yeah. So he used to ride with me, help me sell, but I would, he was not allowed to use when he was with me. When I went to jail, he overdosed. He overdosed because I wasn't bad sad when yeah. he was with me. He was cool, and I was in jail for like a good three weeks. 
he was out running wild. He was with his boys in another town. His uncle told me, and he bought a Bad Batch in Beaver Falls. And I was like, I felt like if I wouldn't have went to jail, he'd have been right there. I got out of jail. I had a bunch of shit. I Man, I gave that shit away, flushed everything, never touched that shit again. That was my next question. If you ever went and sold anything ever again, Not any heroin, no? Never. 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 Never touched it again because to me it was like an eye-opener. Because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand you get sick from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, for those that don't know how bad withdrawing is, right? So you've seen people withdrawn, right? I've dealt yeah. with withdrawal. I've withdrew one, one like serious time. You right. know what I mean? One real serious time. And I had a gun up in my closet. And if I could have got to that gun, I swear to God, I'd have shot myself. It is the worst yeah, type of illness, physical pain of all time. So my last question, what would you tell people that are in active addiction as we speak? Right now, I feel like I'm a problem solver. A lot of people can fathom me. I haven't really found a solution for the heroin. I don't know how to help people really get off of that. But for like coke and crack, most people that I find to use it and abuse it, they have nothing to do. It's boredom. Right. That's when they go overboard with it. And I find that in small towns, small communities, nothing to do, nothing to offer. That's their activity, and they overdo it. So a lot of times when I see people like that, I take them out. I take them out of town. I take them family functions with me to let them remember how I feel like there's life. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Because a lot of them don't leave that area. wherever they, If they could go from the house to the pizza shop and get the drug— that's their travel every day. You know what I'm saying? Or wherever they got to go to get the money to get back right here. That's their travel. So when I start seeing that, and like, man, I would literally rent vans and go pick these people up and be like, look, y'all coming with me. We going here. We going to movies. We going to go eat. My family's having a dinner. They're like, oh, like my family set people for who they are. They left them no time to think about getting hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, for me, I try to change perspective, right? So I try to make it a, a more um, permanent fix. So I, I try to change the way people view certain things and especially whatever it is that's that's right. causing them to use. So in that case, as far as the boredom goes, right, I would tell people, okay, you're in a small town, right? right. You're bored. Right. How can we fix it? That's let's what I would ask something. them. That's what I'm saying. But I would try to inspire them. Let's create something. Without the push around them every day to first at least get out of that, if it's not consistent, they're going to fall right back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like therapy for mental health. You got to consistently do it for a while before you can just expect a person to be able to stabilize their self or know when they're going through a mental crisis. Yeah. So you know, It takes time. So if these people had one-on-one every day and you can't just give it, you can't just tell them to come here. We're going to be right here for you every day. You got to go to them and push them. They're going to follow you. And you got to do that for a while. And then they'll become adapted to that yeah, and all, start doing it by themselves. All that goes yeah, into you the mindset. That's how, that's how I feel. Like it, it, it's, it take a lot, for real, unless you got some people that just, I'm done. Yeah. And But other, everybody's not like that. And you only know that when you've been in it. You've been in rehab for, for, for 90 days. You come out used. Just because they was there for 90 days don't mean they ain't going to come back out and use. Yeah, it's mindset. It's perspective, right? right? So when I went in to rehab, I left rehab um, 
successfully, you know, right. without Success- using again, right. Right? right? But that's because I didn't go into rehab thinking that rehab was going to give me the, the end-all answer. It was going to be the cure, right? right? I went in knowing I needed to change my mindset. I needed to change the way I viewed things. I needed to, to, to take a second, take myself out of my element, you know, figure out what I'm doing wrong, what I need to change, and then actually implement that when I leave. You know, so there's a big thing in recovery. Everyone's rehab, rehab, rehab. Yeah, right. rehab's a tool, right. but it's all in your head at the end of the day. Right. You know, it, it what, what change are you going to make when you leave? And rehab? that's what I tell people: like, people are going to stop when they're ready. Yeah. One thing I've learned: like, they're going to stop when they're ready. They're going to understand when it's time. You can't force people to understand things. It, it'll just, it'll come. Everything's yeah. about time. So, so being that everyone speaks from experience, I'll make the assumption that we're having a discussion about our immediate area, right? And I right. agree that there, there's nothing here, right. which is why like, I'm doing this now. As far as I know, I'm the first one to be doing anything like this in our area. Right. So from there, I'm trying to build, you know, right. uh, collaborate with you, so on and so forth, and actually see what we can come up with, right. you know, to really improve this area. You know, and as far as boredom goes. Activities. Exactly. Like we were discussing creating a whole media network in hopes that we could hire people that are uh, dealing with addiction, that are in recovery, coming out of prison, so on and so forth. So something to break that cycle is the plan. What do you think about that? It ain't gonna be easy. Everybody out there with their addiction, it'll end. You gotta put your mind to it. You mean, put your mind to it to do it. That's it. And with that said, thank you for listening to the Average Addicts Podcast. I am still Chris Knight, and I always fucking will be. I am out. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you liked it, which I know you did, make sure to go find us on iTunes and or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review. It moves us up the rankings, helps us reach more people. Also find us on all your major social media. So Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We're there. Twitter, find us there too. It's fantastic. It's a huge party no matter which way you find us at. Also on your favorite download site. So I'm talking SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Player FM. We're everywhere. Follow us everywhere. Enjoy the ride with me. Don't forget, love the attic. Don't judge the attic. And I'm out. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network.